2015. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be good to start 2015 and uh, make a decision in our hearts so that 2015 is going to be the year where we trust God more implicitly than we ever have before. A year of stepping out of our comfort zone and saying, you know what, God, I really want to see you moving in my life, in my family, in my financial world, in my sphere of influence like never before. Uh, I think that's a great way to begin a year. Say, God, I want more of you and I want you to move through me to influence others more than you ever have before. Um, but you know what, that's, it's not always easy to, to do that, to trust God, because stepping out, trusting God, walking by faith, it always takes us out of our comfort zone. If ever you read through the Gospels, you see the stories of Jesus and the disciples. He's constantly stretching them. They're constantly out of their comfort zone. And when you're out of your comfort zone, it's uncomfortable. I know that's, you know, that's deep, that's deep theology right there. <laughs> but that's the zone that God works. He doesn't work in our comfort zone because we don't need God when we're in our comfort zone. We don't need to trust God when everything's working out, when everything's going fine. It's in that uncomfortable place where we are reaching and stretching and believing and holding that God works. That's where the miracle zone is. That's where the faith, that's where heaven and earth collide, in that place. And so if we want to see God moving in our world, in our circumstances, in our family, then that's the place we need to be. That's the zone where we've got to be if we want to see God moving. I want to just share briefly about Isaac from the Bible, Abraham's son Isaac. I want to look at the life of Isaac's events in relation to this, this whole concept. The word Isaac or Isaac's name means, or he represents in the Bible sonship. He was the son of Abraham, the, 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 uh, the son of promise, if you like. He's a type of Christ in the Old Testament. He's also a type of the believer. And so we can learn a lot about our walk with God from looking at the events and the life of Isaac in the Bible. Isaac gives us insight into our relationship with God as well. Genesis 25.5, the Bible says this, And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. Isn't that an incredible statement? If you think about the fact that Isaac also, not just Christ, but represents us and our relationship with God, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. In Christ, God has given us all that he has. He has held nothing back. And the New Testament tells us on a number of occasions, but two occasions, Romans 8.22, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? If you've got an underlying feeling like God is 
withholding from you, he's holding back from you, he's, he's not really working with you, then that is a false concept that you have developed in your mind, maybe based on the circumstances that you've, you've dealt with or that you've gone through, to think that somehow God is not for you. The, the scriptures make it abundantly clear that God has given us everything that he has. And if he's given us Jesus, there's nothing else that he's going to hold back from us as we walk with him. All the wealth of Abraham was given to Isaac. Everything. All that he had. And therefore, all that God has is available to us in Christ Jesus. So to start 2015, just just understanding and believing, you know what? Everything, all the blessing, all the favor, everything God has that has come through Christ is available to me in Jesus Christ. It's there. It's there to be accessed. It's there to take a hold of. 2 Corinthians 1.20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. Everyone say yes. They are yes in Christ. And so God through Jesus Christ, has given us everything that he's had. He's holding nothing back. It's all open and available through Jesus Christ, access through faith to the believer for 2015. It is there. But just because it's available and just because you're walking in God's blessing doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And the life of Isaac, clearly demonstrates that just because you're the son of God or the, or the son of promise, just because you've had a, made available everything in your father's house and everything is always a bed of roses. So in Genesis 25, 5, it says that Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. And then the very next chapter in Genesis 26, 1, it says this, there was a famine in the land. So Isaac's inherited all that his father had and he's living in that place. And yet it says there's a famine. Can you believe that just because you're in the place that God promised you, you're in church, you believe in God, you're, you're in the kingdom, that there can't be a famine in this world, in this place. There was a famine in the land, even though Isaac was living under the blessing of his father. You know, sometimes we can think that just because we're Christians just because you believe in God, just because God's in our life, that there's never going to be any difficulties to deal with. There's never going to be any challenges. Stuff happens in life that we have to deal with. And if we understand that, look, this is just part of life, that things come, unexpected things happen. Um, but God is always the same. He never wavers. There was a famine in the land. You know, there's no certainty in this world. We come into 2015, there's no certainty. We're believing God, we're trusting God. You know, you can look at the news reports about what you think or what they think or will or won't happen, but there's no certainty in this world. The world promises security. Promises. Gives assurances. And yet history has proven that despite all our confidences, despite oftentimes what the news will tell you, 
there's always black swans that appear in this world. A black swan is a completely unexpected event that no one anticipated. So before the discovery of Australia, all people, including ornithologists, bird watchers, bird lovers, bird studiers, everyone believed that all swans were white. Because all the empirical evidence proved that there's no such thing as any other colour swan. All swans are white. Everyone believed it. Everyone trusted it. Everyone taught it. That was the belief system. In 1697, a Dutch explorer, Willem de Vallum, Vallen, never heard of him. But anyway, in 1697, he was out there on his ship, just went for a sail, discovered the west coast of Australia. And on that west coast, discovered black swans. That's why Western Australia has the black swan as their symbol. Up until that point, everybody believed that all swans were white. When one black swan was found, all the belief system that had been, everything that had been believed up until that point changed. And so now the whole idea of a black swan, the the metaphor of the black swan is an unexpected event which cannot be anticipated based on previous experience. And and they happen in the world over and over again. 9-11 is a classic example. The GFC is a classic example. And what they say is once it happens, then retrospectively people go, oh yeah, well that's, you know, we expected that to happen because of this, this and that. But up until that point, no one was expecting or anticipating it. And so... No matter what the world promises in regards to security or assurances, there is only one assurance. And that is what God says, that no matter what comes, no matter what we've got to deal with, no matter what we're going to face in 2015, God is going to be there every single step of the way. He's going to meet every single need and he's going to make a way, no matter what comes, that he is going to be there. There was a famine in the land. It says that they'd not seen a famine like it until the early days of Abraham. So it had been a hundred years since there'd been this famine in, in that land. And so you know, people probably weren't expecting it. And maybe all the economists were saying, well, there's never going to be another one because of the way things are going or whatever. And yet all of a sudden there was a, there was a famine. Expectations based on the past always lead us to be blindsided by the future. And so if we think, well, and that can work two ways. If you over-anticipate what you think is going to happen, then you can be blindsided thinking that well, what's happened in the past is always going to be the same. Whether that's a negative, you can just believe that well, because it's always been like this in the past, it's going to be like that in the future. And that also is a false premise because God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask, think or imagine. As we trust him, what has happened in the past can change. To think that it's never going to change, it's always going to be the same. We're just going to have to go through the same things over and over again is not true. God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask, think or imagine. And so, as we enter into 2015, it's important that we put our trust in God, in His Word in his church and in his promises. So Abraham, so Isaac has inherited everything of his father. Then this famine comes. 
And whenever we're faced by a famine, wherever we're faced by challenging circumstances, we can, we've got two choices. We can choose to trust God and His ways, or we can choose to go the ways of the world and its ways. You've got two choices to make, and everybody has to make that choice. Isaac had to make that choice. And in Genesis 25, 11, uh, Sorry, take a step back. In Genesis 25, 11, it says, After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Beer-Laroah, which I don't know where that is, but <laughs> that's where he lived. But the name means he who lives and sees. It speaks of the ever-living and constant care of God who is always present. That's what that, so in other words, he's living in the presence of God. He's in church. He's walking with God. He's in the kingdom. He's in that place. And he's in that place, and then this famine comes. And then in Genesis 26, 1, it says there's famine in the land. And then we see that Isaac, because of the extreme difficulty of the circumstances, he made us, I'm going to move out of where I am, and I'm going to go towards Egypt. Egypt in the Bible represents the world. It means bondage, it means constriction, it means a confined place. And so here he is, he's under pressure, extreme circumstances, challenging circumstances. Am I going to stay in this place? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to believe God? Or am I going to go the way of the world? Am I going to make decisions where I think that I can be helped? And so under this pressure, Isaac decides, you know what, just like his father did, if you read the life of of Abraham, he also, in, a, in, his, in, in the time of famine in him, also made a decision to go down to Egypt. And that was a really good decision, if you know the story, because Abraham went down to Egypt and he picked up a really sweet deal on a living cleaner and a personal assistance for his wife. Her, her name was Hagar. And if you know the story, Hagar gave birth to Ishmael because his wife couldn't have kids and they got together and that's a whole other story. But anyway, Hagar came into their world through their trip to Egypt and ended up having Ishmael and we're still dealing with that decision today because all of the Muslim world came out of Ishmael. And so... His Isaac deciding to make the same decision uh, that his father had made the generation before. You know, often times we've got to make our own choices in regards to the decisions we make to believe God, to follow God, to trust God, and not always follow the ways of our parents. And I'm not saying you shouldn't obey your parents because the Bible says to do that. But sometimes we just, we're led and we live our lives just based on our experiences of the past, which actually cause us to make the same mistakes that our parents made and their parents made. I was watching a great documentary yesterday on uh, Eminem. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But uh, (laughs) it was just, I mean, the, the cycle of dysfunction that took place in his world from his pe- his mother and his grandmother and his great 
grandmother. Just it was just the same choices repeated generation after generation. And it's important that when we come to Christ that we understand we don't need to repeat the same mistakes. We don't need to follow through the same cycles that our parents went through. That we can say, you know what, it ends here. It ends here and I'm making a brand new start in Jesus Christ. I don't need to repeat the same mistakes of my genealogy. Um, so So anyway... Isaac's here and he's struggling with the pressures of the famine and needing food and how do I provide for my family and am I going to stay here and trust God or am I going to you know, make other decisions and move or, or go to Egypt and, and find food and things down there. And anyway, because of that pressure and the temptation, he decided, look, I'm, I'm going to go. And so he starts heading down there and then in Genesis 26, it says this, God appears to Isaac and he says do not go down to Egypt Isaac hadn't gone to Egypt yet he was just it says he'd gone to a place called Geshar but who knows God knows what's in our heart so he's just made a step in one direction and then God comes and he goes, don't go to Egypt. He's like, Egypt? I'm not going to Egypt. <laughs> I'm just going on a bit of a trip. <laughs> he goes, don't go to Egypt. He says, live in the land where I tell you to live. In other words, stay where you are because this is where I'm going to bless you. He says, stay in the land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you. So Isaac then has a decision to make. The circumstances are saying to him, you're going to starve if you stay. That's what the circumstances... And then he's got God, God's word saying to him, stay and I'll bless you. How often in our own lives that's the same predicament that that we're de- that, that we're dealing with we're, we've got pressures in certain areas whether they're financial whether they're relational marital family whatever and and uh, economic or and and we feel like you know I need to I need to make some decisions and the best thing to me is to do this and yet God is saying no I want you to do something else and that's what I was talking about at the beginning of the year in that uncomfortable zone where we're like, well, it's the right thing to do seems to be to go to Egypt, to move down there because there seems to be provision down there. There seems to be enough to go around. Everybody else is going to Egypt. There's no one left in the land because of the famine. Everyone's going down there. And so what is he going to do? Isaac had to make a decision, trust God or trust his own logic. Trust God or do what everybody else is doing. And Isaac, unlike his father, who went down to Egypt and basically put a set of circumstances into motion that ended up being a curse for him down the track, Isaac, the Bible says, stayed in that place. And in Genesis 26, I'll finish with this scripture. 
it says Isaac planted crops in that land. So in other words, he didn't just say, all right, I'm going to stay. All right, well, here I am. Bless me. (laughs) I've done what you asked me to do, so bring it on. I'm ready. I'm waiting. It says, no, in the famine, and it doesn't say how, but it says Isaac planted crops in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. How? There's a famine. And it says, because the Lord blessed him. Because the Lord blessed him. God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are above our ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth, the Bible says God's ways are above our ways. And when God tells us, leads us to make a certain decision that takes us in a certain direction, even though to our logic and to our view and what we can see it doesn't seem like the right decision God's ways always work out they're not always easy it wasn't going to be easy for Isaac to stay in that place it was going to be difficult he was planting crops he was working hard and believing God and yet in that year he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him verse 13 the man became rich And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. He made a decision to trust God, to believe God, to do what God asked him to do, not what he felt like was the right thing to do and what everybody else was doing. And it says that he became so blessed that even the world began to envy him began to envy what he had. You know, sometimes what God does in our lives, it's not always financial. I know this talks about, it's talking about financial blessing, but when we make decisions and we put God first and we trust in God, it's not just about seeing financial blessing. Who knows what might have happened to Isaac if he had gone down there? What other things could have come into motion like what happened with his father? Anyone seen that movie, Sliding Doors? It's a bit of a spin-out, but how one decision can open up and lead to a whole bunch of other circumstances which can take us in a whole different direction. And the Bible, as it reveals the lives of people throughout the Scriptures, the New Testament says they're there to teach us. They're there to show us, to learn from their examples. So we've got two people. We've got Abraham and we've got Isaac. Abraham was still blessed. And his life turned around. But he he brought into his world a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of suffering, a whole lot of angst, a whole lot of dysfunction and, and family chaos because of that decision. So we can make a mistake and God's still going to forgive us. He's going to bless us. He's going to still work in our lives. But we open up sometimes by our decisions, a whole raft of things that, we then have to deal with for the rest of our life they don't go away God's blessing is still there and his favor and his forgiveness and so the best thing to do even though it's hard and difficult when we've got two choices and God's telling us to do a certain thing but it just seems hard and it seems unnatural 
then we trust God. We believe God like Isaac did. And we see His blessing come into our life. We see His provision. We see His grace upon our family and upon our circumstances and His protection around our world because we're walking in obedience and we're trusting in God. I want your 2015 to be a year of blessing. I want your 2015 to be a year where God's grace and favor is poured out. So I want to encourage you, and we're going to just take communion right now. I want you to make a decision. And maybe you're dealing with circumstances like this right now, and maybe you're not. Maybe you think everything's fine, everything's good. But, you know, life has a way of shifting and changing, and there may be a point at some point, whether it might even be this year, where you're put in that predicament, where, you know, you've got to choose to trust God in a certain area or to just go your own way or do what you think's right. And I want right here as we start this year, we take communion, we come before God to make a decision, you know what, I'm going to trust God like never before in 2015. I'm going to, I'm going to commit to trusting Him, trusting His Word, staying in that place of blessing and favor, communion with God and the, and his church in 2015 and you like Isaac we like Isaac will see God's favour and blessing across our lives our family and our circumstances because he's given us everything he's got in Jesus Christ he has held nothing back